0: Politic Podcast,
1: the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed.
2: his new reaction after a very public resignation by a New York Times opinion editor. In a letter to the Times publisher, uh, Barry Weiss wrote she was bullied by colleagues intolerant of centrist or conservative viewpoints. Jill Abramson is with me now, the former executive editor of the New York Times. You know, I I think that that the departure
3: of one junior level opinion editor at the New York Times is really, you know, a molehill. The idea that the New York Times is edited by a cabal of left-wing journalists is just not true at all. And the truth So you think of, this yeah, woman
2: is lying when she said she was bullied?
3: No, I I, I, I regret... Of course, if anyone is bullied, that's terrible. But I don't think it's true that moderate voices are being uh, hushed at the New York Times. Uh, Most of the, the opinion columnists at the Times are are centrist. They're center to to liberal. But, you know, Barry Weiss is someone, you know, she was, has like thousands of Twitter followers herself. She's been in, in there, you know, on Twitter, you know, throwing some, some punches herself at people she disagrees with. I'm not saying she's a bully, wow. but you know, if you're gonna dish it out, you gotta be ready to take it. I learned that a long time ago.
2: Well, actually legally, we don't have to be ready to take harassment on the job. That's already established settled no. law. But Jill Abramson, I gotta let you go. Thank you
4: very much for the discussion. And welcome back to Fly Over Politic Podcast. It's the twenty second of July, year of our Lord, twenty twenty. And that was Jill Abrams telling us that, you know, the New York Times is just a bunch of moderates. Yeah. Just a bunch of moderates and something falls down. Sorry about that. Do I got a story for you? I'm going to tell you right now. That's why things are falling apart. So, I am a daylight because we got hit by lightning. Uh, Seven years ago, we got hit by lightning. Came through the cable. Blew up the modem, uh, the router, and then, of course, I had things connected to the TV at the time. So, the dish went out or the direct TV receiver. It blew up TVs, caught a TV on fire, but... This time, it was worse. Um, sitting in the living room, and my house is grounded. This is just insane, but we never heard it. We just saw it. Our entire house lit up. Uh, you saw lightning come out of the doggone plug-ins. Uh, my microwave turned on, and it was like a piece of foil was in there. It was just freaking insane, and... It blew up TVs, it blew up, uh, my Bose sound system, it blew up an AC unit that was in our sunroom, and it killed the base station, so, uh, Podcast Studio 1 is dead, and we're on Podcast Studio 2, so, uh, we won't have our normal bumpers today, because we literally lost, uh, you know, we lost all our files, uh, I, I, got a cord in route to pull it off the old disc drive, but we are now recording on a brand new OptiPlex i7 processor, 12 or 16 gigs of Ram and a solid state drive. So I had to learn some stuff about that because you can't really, you know, keep writing files to it and stuff like that. Cause it just doesn't sound as good. And we are going to use old bumpers that I did back up online until the next podcast. But uh, we've replaced the TV, soundbar, computer, and we're filing insurance this time. So, uh, all the paperwork's in. Pretty much going to get something less $1,000 deductible. And I'll be able to uh, recoup my loss some. But, wow. Yeah, that, that sucked. I loved... FOP Studio, man. It was a good desk drive, man. It was a good desktop, but this one's faster, got a better processor, and I just got to write uh, files to the external hard drive because, um, you know, you don't want to screw with a solid state drive. Granted, you know, you can write 50 gigabytes a day <clears throat> on a drive that's solid state and you'd make it 12 years, but I really don't want to trash the drive. So, well, external hard drive, that'll be the only change. It'll be a little bit Longer, and you won't see it because I'll be doing it, you know, in between sound bites. Um, and I keep all my sound bites off now, it's a totally different setup. So, I had to do a little playing yesterday to figure out how I was going to do all this recording, but we're in. So, um, today we're going to cover the violence as usual, a little woke section. Uh, our violence is going to be focused on Portland, and we do have a media section today, so we got some good sound bites. I want to start with CNN, uh, most importantly, because. Uh, the Goya, I, I want you to think about this with two levels. If Barack Obama supported a company, a, the media wouldn't act this way, but B, wouldn't this be racist if you were going off that a Latinx country company had the support of a president? Isn't that what he's supposed to do? I mean, isn't Trump a racist?
5: They're selling beans? Are you, are you kidding me? Seriously? Seriously?
6: It's no accident. We're not about to show you some kind of unguarded, unflattering, behind-the-scenes moment. No, this is a picture the President of the United States posed for and put out on his Instagram page.
5: The guy's sitting on the Resolute desk with a bunch of Goya products.
6: The truth is, any attempt to explain or contextualize this grotesque photo only adds the insult. So, we'll let it speak for itself. What's he doing? This. F- uh, please, everybody, l- look. Because I- I- I've got a point to make here, okay? Look at this.
5: But more importantly, this. You tell me how a president in the middle of a pandemic has got time for this bullshit? Are you kidding me? Hawking, products, goy, I don't care who it is. Resolute desk? this is what he's resolute about
6: that's the president of the United States that's the resolute desk posing grinning behind the resolute desk with a load of Goya products well let it be exactly what it is a picture of the most powerful man on earth facing the most serious challenge on earth right now in the Oval Office behind the famed resolute desk and a can of beans plus a few other items from aisle 9 thumbs up orange grinning like he's just won a prize 137,000 Americans dead. And this is our self-proclaimed wartime president's answer to it. So now he can pose there with a can of beans? Can of beans, but you can't wear a mask.
5: His daughter, Ivanka, top White House advisor. Are you kidding me? Marketing for a brand following calls for boycotts after Goya's CEO heaped praise on Trump last week on your dime.
6: (laughs) This is his response to boycotts of Goya after the company CEO said, quote, we are truly blessed to have a leader like President Trump in the middle of a deadly pandemic. He and his daughter. Did you just have to soak it in? (laughs) Taking time to give the thumbs up to a load of Goya products. But let's remember, this is the man who in 2016 celebrated Cinco de Mayo by promoting the Taco Bowls in the Trump Tower Grill. Who launched his campaign with an attack on Mexicans.
4: Man, I tell you what, that that's pretty racist, folks. I mean, I, I'm just saying that's, that's fucking racist last time I checked. And then our second thing was somehow during the week, inarticulately, the press secretary said something and the entire media said that uh, Trump ignores science. But it wasn't true. So we're going to go John and the Turley and then we're going to go with the latest one. Um... Press Secretary McKinney comments about science and opening schools and Dems and the media pardon the redundancy, either misquoting or selectively quoting. This is what McKinney said in full. You know, the president has said unmistakably that he wants schools to open, and it was just in the Oval talking to him about that. And when he says open, he means open in full, kids being able to attend each and every day at their school. Their science should not stand in the way of this. The science should not stay in the way of this. And as Dr. Scott Atlas said, I thought this was a good quote. Of course, we can do it. Everyone else in the Western world, our peer nations, are doing it we are the outlier here. The science is very clear on this. You look at the JAMA pediatric study of 46 pediatric hospitals in North America that said the risk of critical illness from COVID is far less for children than that of seasonal flu. The science is on our side here, and we encourage localities and states to just simply follow the science. Open our schools. It's very damaging to our children. There's a lack of reporting of abuse, their mental depression, and they're not addressed. Suicidal that are not addressed when students are not in school. Our schools are essential, and they must have open. So, of course, the clowns over on CNN, the White House press secretary on Trump's push to reopen school, the science should not stand in the way of this. Not what she said. Jake Tapper, surprisingly, was one that didn't do it, but here's Turley's. Chuck Todd just played twice, and I was going to play it. I, I went through Meet the Press, and it hurt my soul. I mean, it was the most... The moist, the most one-sided COVID. It's all Trump's fault. He brought on two governors. The one governor was a Republican and he hardballed him. The one governor was not and softballed him. It was Colorado, of course. So Colorado is a great state. Anyway. Uh, this meeting clip misleading quote of White House Press Secretary Kaylee McKinney saying the science should not stand in the way of this. Todd has continued to use this false narrative. I'll meet the press despite the correction at CNN. Todd is fully aware that McKinney said the exact opposite of what this edited clip suggests. The quote was McKinney referring to scientific study. Todd played this clip and then immediately interviewed Dr. Francis Collins on whether the public can trust the watered down and manipulated facts offered by the White House. That would be far from compelling as a criticism if you did not just play a knowingly misleading clip. This clip is days old, so NBC was fully aware that it created a false image of McCain's statement, yet it was decided not to let the actual facts stand in the way of the false narrative. Todd took a statement on a scientific study and made it sound like a dismissal of all science. Many disagree with the White House, but they still want to receive an accurate account of what it may be said and done in Washington. Instead, they're giving news tailored to fit a narrative There comes a point where you're no longer informing but indoctrinating the public. Spot on. In the same press conference, they talked about, they did not talk about Missouri, and the AG over there is going to dismiss the charges because the local African American BLM activist AG is dropping or preferring charges on the people from the McCluskey's when they didn't do anything wrong. There's a castle doctrine and they didn't point weapons at people. They were holding weapons. I mean, one of the stories that broke on that, and I know it's a side story from the press secretary, but it, is the pistol didn't even work. The pistol was inoperable. The, the, the police made the pistol work literally. So nobody talked about that because we're back to COVID now. It's COVID this week. We're not talking about social justice because they know all the shit that's out in the street is just fucked up. So in the process, they're getting all these crazy things and blaming Trump and we have some media hate coming where it's like how many people have to die for Trump takes us serious and blah, blah, blah. Benny Johnson started this. I'm going to play it and you can be the judge. Did a reporter call press secretary a lying bitch on national TV during a White House press briefing? This lady is saying... She didn't I I don't know why but she's saying she didn't say that but once again you be the judge
7: there are questions about mail mass mailout voting. And I know you don't want to hear them, which is why you talk over me. Okay. But I encourage you to read okay, the op-ed on yes.
8: the China vaccine research. This yes. is very You've gotten two questions, Russia which has, is more than some of your colleagues. Yes.
7: Thank you, Kaylee. Okay, you president don't, really don't want to And the attack on her uh, was frankly appalling and egregious, and the New York Times should be to themselves.
9: Kaylee, really, what is the president Who's signing
10: today? at
4: 12:15? Oh, I threw in a second, which is literally. Uh, a guy yelling, wear your mask. I mean, that's, that's, that's our media. They, it, I, I watched a segment this morning on Tucker Carlson with Brite Hume, and it just seems like it's grandstanding. It's not news. They don't get information anymore. They're adversarial. It, it's, it's what the left is. Connor Lamb, brother and campaign manager called out for wishing death an opponent Sean Parnell I saw that you told Sean Parnell you' say, to burn in hell and die I mean that's that's the left that's that's how they are so before we go in our violence which is gonna be just a bump up front and then we'll go to start playing Portland um, I wanted to play AOC this is her latest reason why there's crime
8: talk about how 500 billion was given to wall street and corporations that's only the first layer of the story because the way that congress gave that money to these corporations was or rather was to the fed was in a way that was almost like a a down payment on a loan so they turned that 500 billion dollars into $4 trillion. $4 trillion. And, um, and you know, the people that try to defend this, they say, listen, it was a loan. It was zero capital. It'll come back. Well, what if we use that same instrument to suspend all mortgage payments in the United States and then, so your landlord doesn't have to make a mortgage payment if that's the issue. By the way, this also applies to people who are homeowners as well, um, where you can get a break on your mortgage payment. You don't have to pay it the same way that we are suspending student loan payments. And that way you can pay that you they tack it to the very end of your loan cycle. So if you have a 10 year mortgage, You just add it to 10 year and three months, 10 year, whatever the amount of time you want to make that window to be. And then you can actually cancel rent for tenants during that time because you're either going to sell your property and get that capital back from the bank or you're going to be um, or you're going to be renting out to another tenant in that time. And so. We have the plan. You know, that's just <laughs> one way to skin this cat. You may not need the skill for yourself. Your friend may need it. A loved one may need it. A neighbor may need it. And um, and really what all of the, you know, one of the best forms of defense is solidarity with each other and looking out for each other. So, um, so let's get to it. Let's talk about eviction defense. Um, evictions at their core are about power and it's about how people use certain degrees of power over you and the vulnerable and working class. And so to fight that power, to fight the power of money, we need people power. We need to organize individuals, neighbors, and friends around us. Police don't win. And I said, baby, they don't. Because we're
11: going
8: to go in there,
10: we're going to impeach them
7: No. i've had two abortions i don't
6: give a fuck it's my body it's my... And realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men most of them radicalized right up to the right
5: all punches are not equal morally major
3: you know when you're when you're watching it i think for a lot of people this is very frightening i i i just want to help i want i would like you to help us understand why you can't disagree with the president without being called un-american i just met the squad the other day i don't know them i had never talked to any of them before that interview and only spent 30 minutes not one of them has ever said i hate america not one of them has ever said i don't want to be here in fact I would say they love this country so much. They spoke with such pride about being in the, being in Congress. They pointed out where they sat in that room and the bills that they passed and the passion that they have for this country and their people and their constituents. So, for him to say with a with a big microphone, they hate this country, that just is simply not true. And it scares me that he's putting that narrative out there.
4: I wanted to play that up front because that part of the. Left is why we have the riots. The squad. They're so American. They're so American. We have p- activists cutting brake lines in New York. And we're going to cover Portland and depth. And Chicago. And we just have violence everywhere. But Portland's going to be our upfront. Because the left lost their shit. Because federal... Law enforcement went in and started fucking cracking skulls as is needed in that town. And the left sure hated it. So here's our first soundbite. We have four of them of Portland violence.
12: Federal agents in Portland face not just protesters, but the city's mayor. What I have a problem with is them leaving the facilities, going out onto the streets of this community and then escalating an already tense situation. like Mayor Ted Wheeler's tonight. comments come after federal agents used tear gas Wednesday to break up a mob of protesters at the federal courthouse.
1: We were in the street when they started gassing us and then they they pushed us from from way over there in the street all the way over here.
12: Homeland Security claims protesters set fires, spray graffiti and assaulted federal police with cans, rocks, fireworks, lasers and slingshot Wednesday, the U.S. attorney charged this man with assaulting a U.S. marshal with a hammer. Wheeler insists the protesters are largely peaceful and wants federal police to leave Portland altogether. Acting Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf says that's not going to happen, saying, A federal courthouse is a symbol of justice. To attack it is to attack America. Instead of addressing violent criminals in their communities, local and state leaders are instead focusing on placing blame on law enforcement. This isn't the first time Wheeler clashed with the feds. In 2018, protesters created Occupy ICE and for weeks harassed federal agents as they entered the building. Wheeler cheered them on. To all demonstrators, I urge you to keep up this effort. The federal building in Portland has long been a target for Rose City Antifa and now Black Lives Matter, who tried to set up a Seattle-style autonomous zone outside the building. Now, unlike the feds, local police cannot use crowd control munitions on demonstrators that have now lasted 48 straight nights.
4: play that up front because that part of the left is why we have the riots, the squad. They're so American. They're so American. We have activists cutting brake lines in New York, and we're going to cover Portland in depth and Chicago, and we just have violence everywhere, but Portland's going to be our up front. Because the left lost their shit because federal law enforcement went in and started fucking cracking skulls as is needed in that town. And the left sure hated it. So here's our first soundbite. We have four of them of Portland violence.
12: Federal agents in Portland face not just protesters, but the city's mayor. What I have a problem with is them leaving the facilities, going out onto the streets of this community, and then escalating an already tense situation. Like Mayor Ted Wheeler's tonight. comments come after federal agents used tear gas Wednesday to break up a mob of protesters at the federal courthouse.
1: We were in the street when they started gassing us, and then they they pushed us from from way over there in the street all the way over here.
12: Homeland Security claims protesters set fires, spray graffiti, and assaulted federal police with cans, rocks, fireworks, lasers, and slingshot. Wednesday, the U.S. attorney charged this man with assaulting a U.S. marshal with a hammer. Wheeler insists the protesters are largely peaceful and wants federal police to leave Portland altogether. Acting Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf says that's not going to happen, saying, A federal courthouse is a symbol of justice. To attack it is to attack America. Instead of addressing violent criminals in their communities, local and state leaders are instead focusing on placing blame on law enforcement. This isn't the first time Wheeler clashed with the feds. In 2018, protesters created Occupy ICE and for weeks harassed federal agents as they entered the building. Wheeler cheered them on. To all demonstrators, I urge you to keep up this effort. The federal building in Portland has long been a target for Rose City Antifa and now Black Lives Matter, who tried to set up a Seattle-style autonomous zone outside the building. Now, unlike the feds, local police cannot use crowd control munitions on demonstrators that have now lasted 48 straight nights.
4: What the fuck's an Afro-Indigenous non-binary? Because that's what this is about. The left loves this shit. All the violence that's going on, and you heard that the moms against, they were trying to break the federal building. I got a coin article, which is local news, in a second. I mean, it's some violent-ass shit. Los Angeles Times. Learn the story behind this iconic photo taken at a protest in Portland. It's a naked woman sitting in the street. With her legs spread, showing her vagina. They did a fucking whole article on this. you want to hear some of it? Yeah, I downloaded. Out of Portland tear gas, an apparition emerges, capturing the imagination of protesters. I should probably play some freaking... Um, onward christian soldiers behind this she emerged as an apparition from clouds of tear gas as federal agents fired pepper balls at an angry protest in early saturday darkness a woman wearing nothing but a black face mask and a stocking cap strode towards a dozen heavily armed agents attired in camouflage fatigues lined up across a downtown portland street The agents dispatched by the Trump administration over the vociferous objections of state and city officials are part of a force that has fired projectiles and detained activists protesting nightly since the killing of George Floyd in May. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Does that say something? Numerous photos and videos posted on Twitter show the unidentified woman as she halted in the middle of the street at 1.45 a.m. She stood calmly, a surreal image of human vulnerability in the face of an overpowering force that has been criticized nationally by civil rights advocates. The agents in gas masks and helmets continued firing pepper balls and a staccato pop-pop-pop heard on video, aiming low at the asphalt, where puffs of smoke mingled with clouds of gas. At one point, a fellow protester clothed, carried a homemade shield, darting it in front of the woman, angling to protect her. But the woman sidestepped him. He jumped out of the way, perhaps realizing that he made them both a target. Before it was over, she struck ballet poses and reclined on the street. She also sat on the asphalt asphalt in a yoga-like position, facing officers before they left. Portland has long been loved or mocked for a streak of earnest but quirky organic earthiness as portrayed in Portlandia television series. Sometimes the envelope pushing forms of expression has involved nudity. A Portland town tavern, Bud Clark gained fame during the 80s before his election as mayor via popular expose yourself to art poster showing him in a raincoat discreetly fashioning a bronze nude statue. Courts have held that appearing new to Portland is protected form of political expression. In two thousand eight, a Multnomah County judge cleared a nude cyclist incident. Yeah, we already run. The woman making her statement Saturday was altogether uninhibited at one point standing on one leg and raising her arms in an arc type motion as she struck ballet poses. A patrol car arrived and a dozen officers of blue uniforms replaced the line of agents whose official described as having been targeted by protesters, throwing rocks, bottles, and pieces of metal. Yeah, they did start shooting pepper balls. But now we put paragraph 30, why they were shooting pepper ball. Okay. She sat in the street facing them, legs spread and the headlights glared. Later, she rolled on her back in a graceful pose. Then stood again. The second group of officers who may have been either Portland police or federal agents also left. In all, the woman's appearance lasted about 15 minutes. News photographers said she slipped away, uninjured in the crowd. Images of her on social media harkened back to the previous iconic, but clothed, images just opposing force of vulnerability such as a 67 photo of a vietnam war protester who faced a line of us troops and placed a carnation in the soldier's barrel and an ultimate act of defiance broadcast worldwide a stood for standing stood a man standing in front of a tank at Tiananmen square and this is where i fucking stop they're saying she's iconic they're saying she is what woman is fifty-two nights. That's not a protest, that's anarchy. And here is the coin soundbite, and I won't read it. They go through everything, what's happening, damage, how bad it's gotten. Um who got arrested? Starting at 12 a.m., Protesters Justice Center, 10 p.m., 9 p.m. There's videos of End Portland, End Portland Police. The Portland Police had to put out, avoid the area around Southwest 3rd and Southwest Main. Portland Police is aware that federal law enforcement had deployed CS gas. Hundreds of people are scattering around the adjacent street. People are throwing projectiles and are armed with clubs, hammers, and other weapons. Avoid the area. People attempting to break the federal courthouse and lit fires downtown and void the area. In this video, they say goons, etc. Get the goons out. If you matter, you know it. Clap your hands. This is not about social justice. This is a bunch of white kids who have nothing better to do.
10: Let win your job, win your job, your job! Win. Win.
13: Well, family and friends of Shea India Harris, a 18-year-old girl shot and killed in the Lentz neighborhood a week ago, came together to remember her life and to call for justice today. Now, the shooting happened July 10th on Southeast 84th Avenue. Witnesses saw her walking down the street right before that shooting. Neighbors believe someone in a car drove up, called her over, shot her multiple times, and then drove off. She had just graduated from high school and was headed to college next fall. Today her father spoke about his daughter and who she was. A smart, family-oriented, peaceful young woman. But he says it's on the community to bring her killer to justice.
14: We as a family need to stick together. We as a community need to stick together for our children. We cannot allow these men to put their hands on them and not say
15: nothing, not talk to their sisters, not talk to their brothers, not talk to their cousins. We're not saying if you don't want to call the police, talk to your sister and your brother.
16: Because
13: he got an answer to somebody. Shea India's family told Coin Six they believe they know who shot and killed her back when we first reported this incident. But one week later, Portland police have not made any arrests or named any suspects. There is now a $2,500 reward for anyone with information that could lead to an arrest.
4: It was some violent-ass shit in Chicago, and you heard our media. They're down with this. They think this is the greatest thing since fucking liquor tied with bleach. It's what they do. They side with Marxists. So Trump says they're doing a great job, and you know what? President Trump, this is from The Hill, says he may send more federal law enforcement to New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, Detroit, Baltimore, Oakland, Because the locals aren't doing shit. Rashida Tlaib. They'll have to arrest me first if they think they're going to illegally lay their hands on my residence. The entire world. Please. We can arrange that. These motherfuckers, Associated Press, the progressive California city of Berkeley is moving forward with a plan to replace police officers with unarmed civilians during traffic stops in a bid to curtail racial profiling. Well, that means only white people will get tickets and somebody's going to die because some dude fucking rightly said that is the most dangerous stop there is. 12% of all deaths... Are from traffic stops. They attacked Amazon stores in Seattle. And destroyed them. This mob. Bezos just kept supporting them. They are handing millions of dollars. To BLM. Bank of America just did it. People are exiting and selling their shit. I did it when they supported Planned Parenthood, I got rid of my Bank of America. But it's a narrative. Trump wants to be the law and order. He's not. But then we turn around and go, ah, he's a terrorist. He's a fucking, he's a dictator. And then you literally have de Blasio, because we're about to segue into our media section. Listen to what de Blasio said. We now have...
12: Fewer people in our jails than any time since World War II. And we are safer for it and better
4: for it. Yes, de Blasio. You have less people in jail because you let them all out. And then you have these articles. Gun violence and murder spike across NYC. Murders have risen, risen 258%. All of it. Amid violence recalls, crack era of 80s and 90s, cops made 6,337 arrests in two, 28 days leading up to Monday, down 62% from 16,672. Uh, 60 people were shot last week. Police data show an increase of 253% excuse me, over the 17th shooting in 2019. Cops made just 21 arrests in gun cases, down 72 from 74. Parking tickets are down everything's down. It's turning into a lawless state. And then tomorrow, this morning when I wake up, DHS says 38 law enforcement officers in Portland have been doxxed, had their personal information put online by radicals, probably given it to them by the fucking mayor. So now those cops are going to have their houses fucked with, their families fucked with, But social justice and shit. They're just peaceful protesters. Part of me is like, let them kill themselves. But the problem with Portland is I got family there. It hits home. This shit is getting out of control. So, to a music break. And we're going to come into our media section which is fun today. So uh, what are we going to listen to? do whats this? We're going to do... We're going to do Deranged View Defends Portland Antifa Trump Planned Attack. Yeah, because it's the view. What do you expect? <laughs>
11: i'm i'm witnessing fascism in america now i don't know if people in this country are aware of what's actually going on i was talking to one of my cousins the other day she's not a right winger she's not even a republican she's a democrat she did not know about what was happening in portland people need to pay attention this is the beginning of the end of democracy if we re-elect this guy I don't even wanna think about what will happen to this country. This is not America. This is not American. We really,
3: we have to pay attention because we are going down this slippery slope and and we we have really
11: um, the actions of a dictator. You've seen other sort of riots break out. We've seen them bust out troops. But this is different. This feels different. This, this feels different. like a planned attack against the American people. And it's very yeah. specific and it's very targeted. So people need to pay attention to what's happening. Do you, do you know what this reminds me of? Back in the day when those, when the militia, whatever they were, killed that kid at Kent, Those children at Kent State, when our government yes. is actually killing American citizens' children. They were college kids. It's the same. We yes. were horrified then. We're horrified now. Yes. They this Nixon had to go, and this president has to go. Otherwise, we have no country. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reid.
5: You tell me how a president in the middle of a pandemic has got time for this bullshit. Are you kidding me? Hawking, products, i goy, I don't care who it is. Resolute desk. This is what he's resolute about. Pandemic priorities. His daughter, Ivanka, top White House advisor. Are you kidding me? Marketing for a brand following calls for boycotts after Goya's CEO heaped press week on your dime in the middle of a pan. Beans. Are Are you kidding me? Seriously. Seriously. This is not left and right. This is reasonable, my brothers and sisters. The guy's sitting on the Resolute desk with a bunch of Goya products. That is Mr. Cuomo
4: cursing on air. The guy that used props of cotton swabs. Do you remember that? Yeah. These people are unhinged. How do I know it? Washington Post opinion. How Democrats became the law and order party. One reply to it. The gaslighting can get no more obvious. This is Jennifer Rubin. President Trump has taken a tweet, Law and Order, no doubt a reflection of his aide's advice. That Law and Order has been a strong card for Republicans, although they might have imagined some messaging less hysterical than law and order. Trump bangs that drum loudly, insisting that radical mob is roaming the country, coming not just for statues, but also for your house and children. It's an issue that he certainly wants to highlight, but for a number of reasons he very likely is helping Democrats to claim the issue of public order and domestic tranquility. Biden has a 20-point advantage on who is more trusted to deal with the coronavirus, a 20-point 25-point advantage on race relations, and a 9-point advantage on crime and safety. And those are bogus things. It goes on. It is all bullshit. Nobody believes that. But if they write it, well, they can get away with it. Because let's be honest, this is a media soundbite. This sounds like the press secretary for... Biden, but it's actually CNN.
16: According to our
3: latest poll, Biden now has a 15-point lead nationally and a 20-point edge when it comes to trust in handling this pandemic. Now, looking ahead, the president wouldn't say whether he will accept the results of the election in November. The Biden campaign was quick to respond to that, saying, quote, they are perfectly capable of escorting trespassers out of the White House.
8: The pressure is intensifying on President Trump. Yet another round of polls show he is trailing Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who is leading President Trump by double digits in a new ABC News poll responded to the president's interview Sunday saying in a statement your ignorance isn't a virtue or a sign of your strength it's undercutting our response to this unprecedented crisis at every turn and it's costing Americans their jobs and their lives
9: Willie remember it was the most devious kind of voter suppression that got Governor Kemp elected in the first place so we shouldn't be surprised that he's trying to politicize this pandemic now even when his neighboring governor, Kay Ivey of Alabama, has issued a mandatory mask order. And when your policies are so regressive that they make Alabama look progressive, then you got problems. Also in April, he tried to make a a statement with the president by opening up Georgia before any other state had opened. And in in return, he got thrown under the bus by the president who disagreed with him. And so here he is again doing the same thing, not learning his lesson and leading with his chin. But unfortunately, the good people of Georgia are going to have to suffer as a result.
2: Well, that's the thing. Um, Michael Steele there. I just um, the stupidity is boundless here. It is truly boundless. I mean, masks have been determined to keep people safe. It is a legitimate and credible mitigation technique since Trump himself has botched this so much. This governor now is, I don't know, desperately trying to get some attention from Donald Trump, suing Keisha Bottoms. I mean, why don't we just hand Joe Biden the presidency and Keisha Bottoms the vice presidency? Because what they're doing is highlighting that she is trying to save lives while these, um, what's the word, these idiots.
9: This is about politics. This is not about public safety. The governor wants to run for president. Clearly, he wants to inherit the Trump base. This is about owning the libs. This is shirts versus skins, us versus them. In Florida, unfortunately, the governor is also playing politics with this pandemic, and he's refused to issue a mandatory mask order, although he's not gone as far as repealing the local ordinances. But still, there's a model for doing this right. They give no
4: fucks this time. They are just all fucking in for Biden. It is, it's almost criminal. At this point in time, CNN politics. Joe Biden is a man of faith. That could help him win over some white evangelicals. New York Independent. Are they going to boo at the mentions of God's name at the convention again? I mean, do we know what? To, are you talking about the same CNN? LOL, Joe already said he'll go right back to requiring Little Sisters of the Poor to pay for abortions. Once he's president, despite, you know, the ruling of Supreme Court just made, Joe is verily avidly pro-abortion, if you didn't know that. Biden believes taxpayers should pay for the termination and dismemberment of unborn children and express contradiction to his faith. Biden joined in the harassment of Catholic Order of the Nuns. The entire world said it. I mean, do you understand anybody out there that nobody believes this? Nobody. This is just Tom foolery. But they, you know, once again, these are the people that fucking hate America and they only love America when a Democrat's in charge. Washington Post hate pukes on America in the weirdest places. Uh, Mount Rushmore is a colossal kitsch perfect for a populist. Spectacle. He meant Trump's July 3rd speech in front of the so-called giant myths. His memorial effectively dramatized the idea that national myths are not to be looked at too closely. In Sunday's paper, Kennicott reviewed a revamped D.C. library named for Martin Luther King. Kennecott began with politics, not with architecture. If you want to understand the abject failure of America, look to its libraries. The great Anglo-American fantasy of functioning democracy. We're governed by crooks and charlatans whose rise seem not an aberration of the lingering legacy of the 18th and 19th century. We abandoned the poor and the homeless and we dissolved the last duties of corporate America to the well-being of the people for whom it derives its existence, its labor and its profits. The moment this socialist thing broke, these people are all in. We see that every one of these fucking reporters are all in, man. They're part of this. That's that's what they want. That's the America they've seen. New York Times contributing op-ed writer, Wajat Ali. His new name is, wears a mask because of a pandemic. I hope people realize that there are many white Republican voters in this country. If they're given a choice between renting a room in their house to a person of color or burning down the house, they will elect to burn down the entire neighborhood. It's not just a small fringe. A.G., this is what passes an intellectual thought at the New York Times. A completely made-up smear with no basis in reality. Barry, Barry Weiss is unwelcome, but this goes rewarded and praised. Jim Hansen, it must be say something outrageously stupid day, even for the unhinged left today, has been ridiculous. But that's our media. Here's just a taste of this week's hate.
2: Your uncle, of course, has a very reasonable chance at winning a second term. Any incumbent president does, even one with um, sort of upside down numbers like he has right now. Mm-hmm. What do you think the consequences of another four years of a Donald Trump presidency would be? You you write about that in the book as if you are genuinely fearful that a second term could be qualitatively more dangerous for the country than his first term was.
0: Yeah, and I want to I want to make something really clear. This, this is beyond partisanship. This is so beyond party. We need to be thinking about this as Americans. We need to be thinking about what who we want to be as a people going forward, I hear people say all the time, this is not who we are. This is exactly who we are right now. So continuing along this path, which is exactly what would happen if Donald were to be elected in 2020, would, I absolutely believe, be the end of the American experiment.
2: Do you share the concerns that some people have voiced that if your uncle loses the election, um, that he might try to not leave the White House, that he might try to hold on to power through some uh, extra-democratic means uh, by force. Do you think that that uh, sort of worry is is hyperbolic at this point, or is that the sort of thing that you're concerned he might uh, resort to?
0: No, I think it's perfectly reasonable to worry about that, Uh, but how he responds depends a lot on how... If he loses, how badly he loses. Uh, I think the more resounding uh, Joe Biden victory, the less likely it is for Donald to stick around.
15: It took 14 hours after the announcement of John Lewis's death for the president to tweet out his condolences. And this was after all four living U.S. presidents had already weighed in. Was this perhaps a sign of the at times rocky relationship between the president and the congressman?
3: Well, they certainly did have a rocky relationship. Uh, John Lewis said that uh, President Trump was not a legitimate president because of Russian interference in the election. You can imagine how well that went over uh, with President Trump. And and he fired back his own insults uh, to John Lewis. Uh, He also accused him of racism. John Lewis accused President Trump of racism. Uh, concerning some of his tweets about members of Congress. so it was indeed a very rocky relationship. As you know, the president was golfing yesterday, uh, but the tweet did finally come out.
13: Well he was really, I would say he was definitely, I think Congress's spiritual leader um, because he had an ability to um, he had an ability to, to touch people on both sides of the aisle. Uh, it was interesting to me how how you know, look, I think it was, I'm going to, the cynical side of me, some of these Republicans who would reach out to John Lewis were looking to brandish their own credentials or try to improve their own image. And it would do, hoping that sitting next to John Lewis or walking across the bridge with John Lewis would do that.
11: Let's talk about George Floyd. You said George Floyd's death was a terrible thing. Terrible. Why are African-Americans still dying at the hands of law enforcement in this country?
14: And so are white people. So are white people what a terrible question to ask so are white people more white people by the way more white people
1: okay so that's misleading it is true that more white people than black people are killed by police but it's the frequency that's the issue when you account for population two point five percent of blacks are killed more often than whites in the united states this is all rhetoric the president has used before, quite frankly, and it goes all the way back to the 2016 election, the kind of language that the president thinks appeals to his base.
16: come back, we do have new details this morning. So guidance from the White House that suggested at least 18 states in so-called red zones should enact stricter measures and roll back their reopenings, but so far this report has not been published. So the public hasn't seen it let's go to our white house correspondent john harwood john let's talk about these 18 states and if they were given this report i mean what's the genesis of it where does it come from right because it's from july 14th and have the states themselves seen it
12: poppy this the states involved are living this experience it's not a matter of information it's a matter of political will you've got a republican president uh, who has moved from a strategy of neglect to denial to aggressive almost pathological denial of what's going on and republican politicians in those states are following his lead 16 of the 18 states were carried by president trump he focuses relentlessly on his relentlessly on his base now we know that Uh, In the end, you can only deny reality so long, citizens will take uh, responsibility in their own hands, they'll uh, take care of themselves, protect themselves, eventually the Republican politicians will come along, but the question is, how many people are going to get sick and die before that happens?
11: Two days ago, the guy in the White House said in an interview that white people are killed by the police more than anyone else, and flying the confederate flag is freedom of speech. I'll just turn it over to you.
16: Yeah, thank you, Whoopi. I'm I'm so tired of this uh yeah. yeah. I'm so tired of this president spitting in our face and trying to convince us it's raining. That is clear BS, and anybody with any ounce of historical perspective would know that. When I think of the families of Tamir Rice, of Trayvon Martin, of Philando Castile, of Terrence Crutcher, of Ahmad Arbery, of Richard Brooks, of George Floyd, of Breonna Taylor, of Sandra Bland, and on and on and on, and I think of the, the horrific brutality that black people have suffered at the hands of law enforcement, I wonder what would possess a president to say something like that. And it's really because he's tossing red meat to his uh, clan-like base that he needs so desperately to win uh, in, in November. And I think even posing the question, right, were he a reader, I would encourage him to buy a copy of my book because I write about how law enforcement swelled their ranks through white supremacy at the early part of last century. And so when you look at it through a historical perspective, asking the question can feel disrespectful because we know that there is systemic racism in, in, in law enforcement. So I wouldn't debate that issue any more than I would debate a fool on if lemons are yellow. We know the answer the question is what do you plan to do about it and he's consistently answered that by saying nothing
4: and then if you really want to break down how racist america is you can checkmate this tomfoolery with joy reed joy reed's a homophobe joy reed says some horrible shit she's getting a tv show On MSNBC. She had a weekend show. Now she has a nightly show. And so MRC did the joy ring. Brings her hate to primetime. Top 15. Reed is an anchor whose radicalism stands apart even from left-wing colleagues like O'Donnell and Maddow. In 2017, she did our number one, but I'll wait till we get it. She accompanied the tweet with graphic of what... Okay, let me just read it. Fuck it. In 2017, with Republican Steve Scalise still recovering from an attack by crazed leftists, Reid couldn't resist politicizing the tragedy, and she took a cheap shot at the congressman's record. On June 17th, she tweeted, Representative Scalise was shot by a white man with a violent background and saved by a black lesbian police officer. And yet... She then accompanied the tweet with a graphic of what were, in her view, his political offenses. Scalise's record, co-sponsored bill to amend constitution to find marriages between a man and a woman. She called people faggots, but you know, intellectual agency, got it. Voted for GOP House Health Bill, co-sponsored bill to repeal ban on semi weapons. Before her AM Joy hosting stint, Reed had a long history of liberal activism. In 2004, she was a Florida Deputy Communication Director for the progressive group America Coming Together. She was a press aide in Florida for Barack Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, and she's a journalist now. Remember that. They classify her as a journalist, not an opinionist. In 2011 to 14, she was managing editor of NBC News' own The Grio. And an MSNBC contributor from 11 to 14. And from February 14 to 15, she's the host of The Reed Report. Reed is currently in legal trouble for disparaging private citizens and Trump supporter Rosalind La Liberté as a racist. On July 15, the Circuit Court of Appeals revived a law suit against the MSNBC host for wrongfully claiming liberty had screamed dirty Mexican at a boy holding a protest sign during a Simi Valley California City Council meeting. Reed's radicalism at AM Joy was sponsored by such companies as... Here's a They didn't list it. That's weird. Here's a brief montage, and I'm not playing it because we're going to do the top 15 and just do one. Number 15. Trump is using the virus to become a monarch. We covered on the show. You can't trust six Catholic justices. Can the Hobby Lobby craft store chain and can Contestega Wood specialists of Pennsylvania claim that covering contraception in their employees' health plans violate the right on the Religious Freedom Restoration Act? The court that will decide include six Catholic justices, some of whom have not been shy about asserting the religion. The question is, do you trust this court to make those decisions? Thirteen. Screw unity, the country. Trump is dangerous for minorities. Particularly for voters of color, there's no conversation of interest to talk about uniting to be blunt with a party that has given up not just its moral standing but its soul to people who took who look like me. It's about imminent danger. Donald Trump is dangerous to our families, he's dangerous to our lives. He's improved our economic outcome. Lowered crime until the left took over, and we can't have that because that looks good, so he's dangerous. 12 Trump is the Republicans' George Wallace. 11 Hillary, most qualified candidate since Jefferson Adams. If you look at Hillary Clinton's qualification, I mean, my god, since the founding fathers, has anyone tried to run for president with more on a resume? Ten, Republican marching behind dear leader. That was with Chris Matthews. Nine, how dare Trump utter those taboo words, church family. Military, church, family, police, military, the National Anthem, Trump trying to call on all the tropes of the 50s era nationalism. The goal of this speech appears to be to force the normalization of Trump on the terms of the bygone era his supporters are nostalgic for. No, Mm-mm. we just don't, didn't want to turn into a socialist state. That's why people voted against Hillary. Eight, GOP taking America back to the dark ages. Seven, Trump voters thought he was only going to hurt the brown people. Trump won in the Rust Belt in those states, saying he was going to repeal and replace Obamacare because we thought at the time that he understood that his voters hated that Obama, but they liked the care. They didn't see him as a guy who was going to come and cancel their Medicaid. They thought he was Daddy Warbucks. They thought that he was just going to cancel documented, undocumented people, Medicaid, that they don't get. They just assumed that he was going to get all the brown people to stop, quote, taking what's theirs, but that they were going to keep their stuff. Six, cursing Roger Ailes upon his passing. Roger Ailes' main legacy would be telling a generation of conservatives that the deepest fears were real and their crudest fantasies were valid. I can't wait till Bill Clinton dies. Not that I want him to die. Watch what the media does when you criticize them. Five, with Trump, cruelty is the point. Four, how do you sleep at night, NRA members? The NRA is soaked and bathed in blood. How do its adherents sleep at night? Three, annihilated women shrieking out in agony over being taken back to the 50s. This is a country that was founded to be blunt on the idea that being a free, white, landed male gave you super citizenship. That you were more of a citizen than anyone else. Mitch McConnell has decided that order means that people like Mitch McConnell, men like him, rule. He's restoring order as he had people like him understand it. And they will impose it on people like those people who are protesting. Women who are shrieking out in agony saying, you cannot impose this on us. You can't take us back to the 50s. Two. Fascist Trump. Joy Reed. He's an autocrat. In his mind, he wants to be president for life. Donnie Deutsch. I want to start using the word fascist. Reed. Yeah, he's a fascist. Deutsch. And tendencies. Many tendencies like Adolf Hitler, I said it. Throw me off the air. Reed. At a minimum, what Donald Trump has done at the most generous, he's taken the Republican Party of the United States and turned them into the National Party of South Africa from 48 to 90. Because the party was purely Christian fascist they call themselves Christian nationalists and the number one soundbite, this is her the day after Steve Scalise got shot
11: it is one thing to sort of want civility and to be and to take umbrage when it's one of your friends when it's one of your own colleagues but like you said there's a whole country out there and a a lot of people at least in my twitter timeline um and it's it's a delicate thing because you know obviously everybody is wishing the congressman well and hoping that he recovers um but steve scalise has a history that it's we've all been forced to sort of ignore um on race um he did come to leadership after some controversy over attending uh, a white nationalist event um, which he says he didn't know what it was um he also a co-sponsored a bill to amend the Constitution to define marriages between a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. He voted for the House health care bill, which, as you said, would gut health care for millions of people, including three million children. And He co-sponsored a bill to repeal the ban on semi-automatic weapons. Um, because he is in jeopardy and everyone is pulling for him, are we required in a moral sense to put that aside at the moment?
17: what we're required to say is we hope that when we hope he recovers and then when he covers there's a renewed mindset if a lesbian person saved your life you can't you should not go forward you know being homophobic shouldn't be it anyway. if you almost died but you your life was saved because you got health care then you should apply that ethic and want everybody else the same health care same you have you know the bible one of the guys that prayed walker is from north carolina and he was saying how he prayed for everybody well and he's a Christian. Well, the Bible says in Isaiah 10, Woe unto those who legislate evil and rob the poor of their, of their rights and make women and children their prey. The Bible calls whenever you just put on a face in a time of crisis but continue to do the same things, it call, it's called making graves look good that are still full of dead man's bones. In other words, it's hypocrisy. If Congress people pray for one another, and they should, P-R-A-Y, but then if they pass policies that prey, P-R-E-Y, on the poor and on minorities and the sick, then we have a serious moral problem. And even our Constitution, George says, the only way you can get to domestic tranquility, the only way you can get to civility, is you must start with the establishment of justice, you must provide for the common good, and you must promote the general welfare. Changing the tone of words is not enough uh you have to have a change in the trajectory of policy prayer is not enough faith must have works so i'm praying that the brother gets up and lives and then comes back and says you know this experience has changed my thinking fundamentally, not just about myself, but about the policies I support. And lastly, George, they talked about raising a million dollars for charity. That is good. But if you turn around and take $600 billion from the poor and the least of these.
4: To show she has zero credibility, period. She's just a hateful racist that hates white people and gets away with it because she's on MSDNC. This is her latest soundbite about Biden.
14: That is just being finished. I'm having a two-hour... Uh, um vetting report from the from the lawyers and women and women and men of color as as well as white uh, folks who are doing the vetting um and uh when i get all the vetting done of all the candidates then i'm going to narrow the the uh uh the uh the list
4: now understand during that entire time biden had a look at his notes his notes. And I, I I, just, once again, what the fuck? You could support that guy? He's part of the crime bill. This man put more black people in jail than any fucking presidential candidate ever. And she knows that. But that's... That's our media, man. So as we go into Woke, I'm going to play some fun stuff because, once again, this was a short podcast just to work out the kinks because i got to learn how to record like this and blah, blah, blah. We're going to play uh, Independence Day with Vets from Heather Lynn and Noodling with Heather Lynn, but proceed it. Disgusting. CNN Trump wearing a mask like potty training a child. Because our woke today is a lot of fucking COVID stupid. And then, of course, we'll go into everything that's racist. See you on the other side. Say One of the
15: things that's most interesting is the way that the Republicans on Capitol Hill are treating the president Almost the cloying and begging for him to lead here and trying to give him positive reinforcement the way you would to, you know, a dog or the way you would to your baby when you're trying to feed him. You're not going to like this, Allison. But but let me put up uh, Lindsey Graham's tweet here after the president put out that picture of himself with the mask yesterday. Lindsey Graham put out a tweet that said, couldn't agree more. Well done, Mr. President. Well, you know what that made me think of? That made me think of the viral video from Corey Lewandowski, basically praising a kid for learning how to potty train. Listen to this. I hear that you're starting to use the big boy toilet. So congratulations. And you're doing a great job with your poopies. Congratulations. That's what it felt like. Honest to God. That's what it feels like. Republicans say, good job, Mr. President. You're wearing a mask. Good job sitting on the toilet. You're gonna need to find more Scooby snacks because the president was at that fundraiser last night in Washington not wearing the mask. And Lindsey Graham, by the way, they're not wearing a mask either. To freedom!
10: Happy birthday, America!
7: I just got this good shit from West Virginia. I got Wildcats, I got Raw Dogs, I got RPGs, I got motherfucking IEDs. They're called Bin Laden's! Hello! how could you? Oh God, Stop. these are these are kittens. They're ki- it's a, it's they're kittens in a box. They're, they're fucking kittens, man. I don't even... <laughs> uh, <I'm
10: done.
7: laughs> oh God. I'm gonna car with Alex. <laughs> Holy fucking shit! What do you mean? Put it's through the fish. All right, guys. Okay, it's four o'clock in the morning. I'm gonna fly to Foley, Alabama, so I can go catfish noodling with Alex Zedra and Hannah Barron. First, I gotta make some coffee. COVID-19 has completely fucked travel schedules. All of the flights have huge, insane layovers. I've been stuck in Atlanta, Georgia, for six hours. And I'm just gonna have Alex come pick me up. Fuck it, long road trip. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're so if the catfish don't kill us, I'm gonna die in the car with Alex. <laughs> Day one, catfish noodling. Woo-hoo. Just a couple of influences influencing in the wild. our arm looks like before. Watch, watch us influence and make a huge difference in this fucked up world. Uh, we're driving two hours south north. I have no idea. We are driving a couple hours somewhere, shove our hands in some catfish holes. We got you. Hannah's telling us that we want a we want a flathead, right? You
9: probably want a flathead. You
7: want a flathead, flat 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 not, not a blue cat, because that's what <laughs> that's what happened right there. They just we bite. harder, they got more teeth or they bite harder and their teeth are sharper. We do got a sleeve though. Yeah, Good, sleeve. okay. We're here. We got Alex, well, Hannah. Jeff. Yeah, I'm Gio. We're uh yeah. Nice to meet you Sorry, I just, I keep calling you Hannah's dad. I know well, your name, but hey, i want Hannah's dad. Yeah, that's what it is. So. I love you, um, that's all it matters. We're, we're out here to get bit by catfish, and uh, they're gonna make sure we don't drown uh, drown out here in the water. Use your diaphragm to fill up your lungs, <laughs> and then hold it like you're holding, like you're gonna do a crunch, and you're... <laughs> you like, breathe with my lungs? <laughs> We're going to try. Try. Yeah, we're going to try to keep them from drowning. So where's the nearest hospital? Yeah. Oh, we don't know. locally, it's probably That's one i okay. I've had a good four. 30 years, so I'm ready. I'm a little scared. I'm a little ner- I yeah. wasn't. OK, I wasn't nervous. And then I got in the truck and I was like, what am I doing right now? I'll do it if you do, if you okay, want to no, wait for a smaller I'll do, one. No, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> if, I mean, if we're doing that, Alex. I mean, I'll oh, do God. it if you're scared. I feel like it's like in the ancient times where they were like, all right, we're putting you in there with the lions. You gotta fight him! Oh no, <laughs> baby, come on! Oh, that's cold. Here we go, girl. So,
10: right, I'm in the hole. Okay, you're in, you're in, the hole. Hole? I'm in the hole. Wrap your legs take your and leg.
9: everything Give me, around, see, around The mouth
7: it. is this wide. So. <laughs>
9: Seriously, it's about that wide.
7: Okay. Well, I definitely <laughs> wasn't in there far enough. <laughs> Felt your foot. Touch touched my foot. And,
9: <laughs> I mean, it's just like that. It is. It's just like that.
7: Okay.
9: I'll bump you when I'm ready.
7: You got it. He'll just follow his arm down, and once you get a hand in his mouth, he'll move his out, and you can get your other one in the deal. Okay. And bring him out and pull him. Ooh. You hear that? Yeah. I feel it. Like that. Shit. What was that? That's the fish. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like it. that whole box is rumbling. Yeah. It's like a freaking dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear it though? I, oh yeah. yeah, I can feel it. Sounds like I like can feel shot. it. Yeah. You feel that? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> uh, oh. He's got him. I think. So, yeah, All the way through. She's I got it. it in the gill plate. I got it. While you're pulling oh. it out, put your arm through. All the, way, all the the way the through. Way. Through the catfish? Wait, yeah, which one? Yeah. This arm. This one? Yeah. Put it through. Put it through. Oh. Oh! There you go. You got That's it. On. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, baby, hold on. <laughs>
10: oh no, baby. Oh no. Shit! Oh my
7: god! You oh. got her arm. I was like!
10: It. But it threw the fish? <laughs> <laughs> that that's a fifty fan. Oh fish. my <laughs> god! Look. Yeah. That's 50 Holy shit. <sighs> <sighs> what about
7: <laughs> <laughs> that baby?
10: Nice. <laughs>
2: this
18: is so cool. Oh my god, yeah. that was exhilarating. Yeah, we'll that was amazing.
7: Play. Forty You
18: ain't got it off. Oh wow. <laughs> fifty file, it is 50
10: right there. 49. 49. Eight. 50, 50 pounder nice. If 49, yeah. yeah, I said, I felt something on the side of my hand. I said, that's that damn brand new shoe she just got. <laughs> that's
7: what that is. <laughs> she is oh, river dancing on your face. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
10: she,
7: she done me. caught a 50 <laughs> pound fish. Dude, I would not have been able to put like that, even with my whole arm inside of that fish, mm-hmm. it was like jerking my body.
13: So
7: you just put it like, through the gills? Yeah. Oh my God! It's mad, like dinosaur, freaking dinosaur fish.
13: Now yeah, this is a you uh, This is a 50-pound fish now. Ooh. Oh, for real? Oh, shit! Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
7: here okay. we go. It feels pretty big.
13: It's it's.
7: Ooh. Oh. Okay. okay.
3: You got your sleeve on? And
10: all yeah.
7: I'm gonna have to go under though to get my arm in. Him.
11: <laughs> oh mercy. I'm telling you baby, it's a fish,
2: oh, I told yeah. you
10: oh. He ain't even got an eye, look at that.
11: Dude. Oh. She's still got oh, it. I don't
0: even know, God. <laughs> oh. Turn it? Turn that arm around. Right I'm yeah.
7: trying to.
0: Oh. Uh,
7: the fish is gonna have to turn. Like that. Oh. Ow. Dude.
8: <laughs> wow. Oh.
7: They're so dang strong. Catfish blood everywhere, this is great. This is, this is great, goes with the- Sunscreen catfish sunscreen blood. Sunscreen catfish get mud, get it. So we, we think we got a monster fish down here, which is uh, Alex's karma probably for yeah. whatever- Talking shit are. all the
16: time. Making fun of people. And you just gotta
7: get in there, and you just gotta drag it out. Oh, like ooh, let's just, just poke it's it. Can like, like, you get in there and agitate it with the yeah, stick a little like, bit? Goes against, <laughs> it goes against everything that you're supposed to do I know. in nature. Oh yeah, there he goes. All right. <gasps> Another bacon. Yeah. Usually you just walk away. Like what situation. would you, yeah? What would you do if you were just in the world and you know they're like. But is w- probably like, oh, fuck, man, I'm just trying to lay my eggs and hang out in this I'm box. To...
10: Man, I'm just sort of fucking box. Ha ha Woo!
7: Well earlier, the box that had two in it was a male and a female. Yeah. The male is the one that went through my legs just, that I tried to catch. And she was like she was like, Honey, someone trying to break into her house. Go get him. And he was like, fuck you bitch. <laughs> Just swam right out. I'm just cock and fish, man. Yep. Oh, it bit you there. It bit, it bit it's still you there. Is he still in there? Is he
17: still
10: in
9: there?
10: Oh, I felt that. Oh, shit. Is he still in
9: there?
7: Yeah. <laughs> still in there? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I love it. Now you know what you're going after. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you let it. Won't <laughs> he bite me now?
11: Oh! <laughs>
7: <laughs> there's, that's the laugh I always get. That stupid, dergum, um, serial killer laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's your freaking knee. God, your leg is in there. Keep my leg in here, too? Well, keep it, just keep it blocked. He's gonna, okay, oh, okay. Gotcha. I'm trying to read your facial expressions. I know, to I am, too. Going on. He looks like he's struggling. She's like, what the fuck's going on? I have no, I have no idea what's going on. I'm blocking the hole. I'm blocking the hole. You're doing a great job. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing so good. Get under there and I'm try did, to. I'm putting get in the, the real work, work over in. here. Wait, wait, wait. Is that, his, is that wait? Is that him? <laughs> oh. Oh, 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 He bit me. He bit me. Okay, no. Oh. oh, Don't pull him out yet. Don't pull him out yet. Don't it. pull him out. <laughs> you, look at like you said, he Oh, he's biting me. <laughs> yeah, don't. Pull uh, it. Okay. Put it. Oh, oh! I got. It. I got the kill go plate. You got it. <laughs> You got, got it. I don't think so. I think I got it. You got it good. You got it good. Yeah! Yeah! Oh my God, that was, I got that was bit awesome. I <laughs> actually got bit, got bit. <laughs> clamped down stuck, right here. You and...
10: your hand in there, let me tell you. Oh,
7: oh, you, you can, can see <laughs> that box straddle, <laughs> I said yes, yeah, you got it. Man, that went through the gloves, too. That was gnarly. Did you get skin up gloves?
10: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you a little bit through those gloves.
7: Um, Heather just caught her second one, so I need to do the same raw dog and the catfish. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Uh. Oh yes,. Yeah. Oh, she didn't oh.
15: I hope it ain't. Me. Holy
7: fucking shit! Oh. That might be, is it blue? Oh I don't think my it is. god! <laughs> <laughs> what about that, baby? Oh, I was fighting him, I was like, oh, he just went, yeah, and then just started. Yeah, they're so hard to <laughs> hold on to. Fuck! <laughs> 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 Mommy ain't raised no bitch. Let's go. Give me your
9: hand because you're right here. <laughs> oh, fuck, fuck.
7: <laughs> they're just harder to grab like that.
0: Oh, <laughs> god!
7: Yep, blue.
0: It's Got him! Oh! He oh, oh, me too.
8: Oh, you got you can, I, I
7: probably should have just rolled with him, but that's my man. We not supposed to be fishing for blue. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> that's the first bite, second bite, third bite. Oh, that's when he went, swallowed my freaking shit. Oh my god! I need another beer. <laughs> oh. So we are about halfway through the day. I caught a 50-pound flathead, and then my second fish was about a 35-pound flathead. Alex over here got uh, tore up by a, a blue cat. She's a little more uh, brave than I am. And hey, That was no. on accident. That, that wasn't yeah. intentional. No, they told I her. Know. <laughs> they were like, yeah, no, there's a flathead. She's like, oh, yeah, really? And they're like, yeah, sure, that's what it is. It wasn't so now like I, I've gotten to triple and quadruple checking. I'm not on that level yet We'll see how I feel tomorrow. Pretty You can hear Imagine. these fish in these boxes. They just thumping around It's like thunder. There are these boxes that are in the bottom of the uh, lake floor and the fish go in there to lay their eggs And uh, you just basically you put on a, a glove or a sleeve and you just shove your hand in there and wait for something to bite you And uh, if you're you're lucky it's uh it's not a blue cat or you know, it depending on how adventurous you are. So the last few catfish boxes that we've checked have been empty. Um, what's it? it's like 4, 4 p.m., might be uh, yep. rounding up, rounding up day one. Hey, it's a good day. Uh, that, that sun is hot, <laughs> takes it out of you. So we have had one hell of a day, we are sunburnt, we are beat to hell. Yeah. And it, it has been the most exciting, exhilarating experience. One of the, the best experiences I've ever had in my life. Yeah, Be really sure cool. to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit that notification button. Subscribe to Alex Zedra, Hannah Barron, on all social media channels. Thanks, guys. I forgot about the woods. My arm is on fire. <laughs> my arm is on fire. Oh, my God. And my legs are on fire. My back is on fire. We're on fire. Oh, oh, oh. Um. Here's my ankle, you can see that. If you want full feet pics, you have to subscribe to my non-existent Patreon. <laughs> Dude, holy shit! Are you Mara from Call of Duty? <laughs> Poking at the
1: media bubble, one podcast at a time. Here's Tony
10: Reed. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on and fly with me. Let's fly, let's fly away. Turn it up!
9: Let's get a walk!
5: Got to do better than this. Uh, And we see it in the pandemic also. Who's getting sick more? Poor brown. Who's dying more? Poor brown. Who has to work more? Poor brown. It's part of social justice. How do you take it on?
1: I think we really have to be honest about the
4: fact that the people who are getting sick the most the poor black folks, as you're saying, the poor brown folks, as you're saying,
1: the poor indigenous folks. The system is designed to make sure they get sick because we're on the bottom. I mean, the system is built on top of us, as we talk about in the episode. This is how the system is designed to work.
4: And so we have to really invest in tearing the system down and starting over if we want things to If you've never been noodling, man, that is the creepiest shit you'll ever do. I, I actually did it when I was in Oklahoma it was a lot of fun so that is freeform cons are bad CNN system is made to keep the brother down who's keeping who down because it seems like the left's really into keeping everybody down this is from Broward County residential property residents all persons who reside in any residential property whether single-family or multifamily, and irrespective of whether they own or rent the property, must ensure that all persons on the residential property, including guests, comply with all applicable guidelines of any Brown or County emergency order, including face coverings in your home. So while you're in your house with your family, you're supposed to wear a face covering. Kind of like the missionary is the only position you can have sex in. So, the media being so stoked up on this. I mean, just totally into it. Margaret Sanger Katz, New York Times. We have published an extremely detailed map of where people are wearing masks in the United States. They didn't think it through again. Because it basically shows... The coasts and big cities are requiring masks and the coast and big cities have the most cases. Literally this week, knowing what we know, that everybody left New York, over 100,000 people did, spread the fucking virus everywhere, got everybody fucking infected in the goddamn country, Cuomo after last the my mountain and we're going to ignore him killing grandma literally said in the presser that people are running to New York because it's safe and they're on the TV talking about Florida and how horrible it is Yet the deaths there don't e- don't even come close. They don't come close. So people responding to this, so masks don't work. Tammy Bruce. It's becoming more apparent dim politics resulting in inflated data being released re-COVID to induce panic among the public. Hospital burden, deaths, cases, and dramatic shutdowns. Media plays along. Why? Grotesque manipulation hoping negative impact on Trump. And people at the cost of citizens losing their jobs, livelihoods, and education. Disgusting. And it is disgusting. This whole thing is disgusting. Because they'll do anything to get them elected. We have so many cases of CDC inflating, individual states inflating... People with antibodies are negative. Deaths are all bullshit. 20-year-old kids dying. They, they didn't have COVID, but they counted as COVID. And you still get up here. There's a lot of cases in Florida, Texas, Georgia. Those are the three that we covered last time. New York had 32,000 deaths, 602. New Jersey had 15,809. Florida only has 5,000 deaths. Texas, 4,000 deaths. Georgia, 3,000 deaths. They twisted the facts to go, well, yeah, they got a lot of cases, but nobody's dying from it because you're fudging the numbers. But they have people so fired the fuck up. This is a literal... I didn't make this up. This is a person walking around with a tape measure... Fucking with people at a lake for not social distancing and wearing masks.
10: Do you ever at at and wonder, oh, what I'm is going right on right the right inside right their head?
16: venimos a tener un pacífico día y supuestamente una enfermera
10: supuestamente enfermera quiere que nos movamos más lejos por la gana de ella
4: What the actual fuck? I mean seriously, what the actual fuck was that? And then we talked last podcast about Texas, and people are writing wills. Well, this is a real BuzzFeed article. I love, love my job, but this, it's not worth my life. While some school staff feel ready to go back, others are ready to quit rather than put their lives at risk, because coronavirus... This spring, a teacher in Dallas was invited to a high school graduation of the first class of students she had taught when she became a teacher a little over a decade ago, but the ceremony was canceled because of the coronavirus. Now, just a couple months later, facing an uncertain plan for reopening schools, she's applying for jobs in the private sector and considering quitting teaching altogether. At this point, if anybody asks me to offer me something, I would rather do that than risk my health, she said. Typically, the Dallas-based teacher, who didn't give her name because she's lying, or probably isn't even a real person, who requested anonymity to protect her job, teaches 25 elementary-age students in a small classroom with windows that don't open. She has a major reservation of going back, but in Texas where cases of coronavirus are surging and some hospitals are running out of beds, it's illegal for teachers to strike, and those who break their contracts can lose their teaching certificate altogether. Article we're what you're trying to do here, but all their articles have done is piss a lot of people off. It was okay to ask grocers, retail workers, delivery truck, meat packers, doctors, nurses, truck drivers, and other essential employees to choose between the job and their lives. This is the only essential group getting this sort of poor them treatment. Because they're all liberals. You wonder why our kids only learn stupid shit. Scottergate. In Maryland, less than 2% of COVID cases for people under 60 result in death which means the fatality rate is lower due to diagnosed asymptomatic cases. They can test all the people temp check daily and they can at least do pre-K through 6 and be fine with minimal caress. Tony J, good quit! There's thousands waiting in line who would actually want to help kids. Liberals are, are, of course, lying again. They'll never give up their fat paychecks and benefits. Yeah, no shit. Like, she's gonna give up her pension. And then New York passed, well you can't Sell alcohol unless you sell food. New York Pub sells Cuomo chips to comply with the governor's regulation. <laughs> then we have this article from Yahoo. Isn't yelling one of the ways it spreads? It's okay to yell at strangers who don't wear masks. Yahoo Green Yahoo News. This came from Chad Felix Green. We've heard this argument before, and Steinerman repeats it. Though a white man in front of you in line probably isn't wearing a mask because he's anti-science right-winger, you might want to make an exception for yelling at minorities because covering their faces could be more dangerous than catching COVID. That is, the police are more likely to mistake them for criminals and kill them, so it's actually safer to take the chance with COVID. Then there's stage five anger. Here, the person seems to willfully be endangering those around them. Your anger is appropriately ballistic. Just as you scream at a driver doing 100 miles per hour in a school zone, you're going to scream at this person not wearing a face mask when they're standing in line because you're in line with your kids and elderly people. If you try to softer approach and hit a wall of willful ignorance or downright anger, get help. If you're in a store, inform customer service, then on-site managers or another employee should enforce the business's rules a la no shirt, no service, no shoes. As much legal right as the peep person may have outside the store to flout mask wearing, inside it's the store's right to refuse them. If a person is blatantly putting others at risk, you tried above tactics, and you're not in a business setting and want to get a message across, go for it. Let loose a salvo of swear words. Sometimes, you need to yell. Barbara Sherwood. This is literally how you maintain order inside of a cult. These Branch Covidians are suble. I love it. And these are the same people that say... Businesses can't refuse to have a transgender person. When you can't have a dude walking around in a dress... At a mortuary. These are the same people. But businesses should throw people out. And who the fuck are you to tell me anything? It's already been proven... It doesn't stop. If you're wearing your mask and I'm not wearing my mask, well, you're protected. It only protects you. So if I don't have a mask, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? This is the left. They are a fucking cult and they truly believe it is their right to tell you what to eat, drink, how to live, who to worship. I mean, don't think the left's gonna stop at absolute power. They're gonna start re-education camps, and how they do it is pass laws. Anything they want, they're gonna pass it. And you're gonna have to eat that shit and shut the fuck up. Brian Seltzer even got into the act. Here's one of his tweets the shift to encourage mass wearers was primarily motivated by floundering poll numbers a source familiar with the president's thinking told CNN Tim Poole a source familiar with the president's thinking in response to this story a source familiar with Brian Seltzer's thinking told me that he hates Trump and has a deep emotional pain every time he violates journalistic ethics but then he counts his money and calms down Another one, Dear Diary, I'm going to pretend to be a source who understands the president's thinking on Twitter today. Russian collusion hoax failed, and I'm desperate. Jim Potter, Palmer, shut the fuck up about sources. The only source you care about are for your donuts. <laughs> and then Biden came out, and before we go into everything's racist, which is pretty much what we... This is what we have now. This is Biden this week. Now, remember, Christianity can't be in school. They're going to force grandmas to get birth control. All the things we talk about. This is what he said about Islam and
14: his Islam uh, Muslim voting conference. thank m and uh, the PAC for endorsing my campaign. I can't thank you enough for all you've done so far, and that's for... Uh, Thank you for taking the time for watching today. Look, one of the things I think is important, I wish I wish we taught more in our schools about the Islamic faith. I wish we talked about all the great confessional faiths. It's one of the great confessional faiths. And what people don't realize, it's one of my avocations is theology, don't realize is that we, we all come from the same root here in terms of our fundamental basic beliefs. And uh, I just want to thank you for... Uh, for giving me the opportunity for being engaged, for committing uh, to action this November. You're doing what's been uh, that's uh, that's never been done before. You're registering and turning out one million Muslim voters this November. It matters. Your voice, your voice is your vote. Your vote is your voice. Muslim Americans' voices matter to our communities, to our country, and but we, we all know that your voice hasn't always gotten recognized or represented and uh, or the recognition it deserves, and uh, and that's your right as a citizen. You know, you're, wh- what you're doing is making a real difference. I mean that. Look, this weekend we lost. A f- I lost a friend, but we lost a champion for civil rights of all people, a tireless advocate for making sure every single person could access the power of their vote. The great Congressman John Lewis. You know, from the time he first marched with Dr. King until his last march last month with Black Lives Matter, he understood viscerally that the rights and freedoms of all people are connected. We're all connected. and No one is free while other people are oppressed. You know, it was no surprise that when Donald Trump announced the Muslim ban during his first week in office, John went directly to Hartsfield International Airport in his home district in Atlanta to demand answers of immigration officials. They wouldn't tell him how many people were being detained. You know what his answer was simply? Quote, why don't we just sit down and stay a while? End of quote. As always, John Lewis knew where to stand or to sit to be on the right side of history. And the best way to honor John's legacy is to continue his purpose, continue his commitment to making it easier for every American to cast their ballot and participate in our democracy. In memory of John, Congress should make up legislation to, 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 to take up the legislation to restore the Voting Rights Act the legislation he fought so courageously for. They should take it up immediately, and if they don't, I'll make sure it happens at the beginning of my administration. Look, Mr. Chairman, I don't have to tell any of you that this is the most important election in modern American history. Mul- Muslim communities were the first to feel Donald Trump's assault on black and brown communities in this country with his vile Muslim band. That fight was the opening barrage in what has been nearly four years of constant pressure and insults and attacks against Muslim American communities, Latino communities, black communities, AAPI communities, Native Americans. You know, Donald Trump has fanned the flames of hate in this country across the board through his words, his policies, his appointments, his deeds. And he continues to fan those flames. Under this administration, we've seen unconscionable, an unconscionable rise in Islamic phobia. The incidents including kids being bullied in school and hate crimes in our communities. He's named people with a history of open Islamic phobia. Open, straightforward, who have no business serving in high positions in our government. To key leadership roles in our Department of Defense, the U.S. Agency for International Development, He's not only an insult to our values, it weakens our standing in the world. What message does this send to the rest of the world? We have led the world not just by the example of our power, but the power of our example. And he's making a mockery of what we stand for. But we can do something about it. And I'm here today to ask you to join me in a fight to rip this poison from our government root and stem. Or as the famous case said, root and branch starting by making Donald Trump a one-term president this November. But I'm not just asking for your support because the alternative is unthinkable. I want to earn your vote, not just because he's not worthy of being president. I want to work in partnership with you, to make sure your voices are included in the decision-making process as we work to rebuild our nation. We can't just build back to where we were before Donald Trump took office. We have to build back better. Right now, we're facing a trio of urgent crises in this nation. A public health crisis, as this pandemic is heading in the wrong direction. An economic crisis, with millions of Americans out of work and small businesses struggling to survive. And a racial justice crisis. A long overdue national reckoning about the way our country has treated blacks, browns, and Native Americans And I know Muslim Americans feel that too, especially black Muslims. You know, these come on top of a looming climate crisis, deep-seated economic inequities that have too long divided this country, rewarding those at the very top, while working-class folks have to work harder and harder just to stay where they are. You know, there's not a single one of these issues where Muslim Americans don't have a critical stake in our ability to deliver solutions and real results there's not one of these issues where Muslim Americans aren't essential to our success. From Muslim medical professionals to frontline workers who are fighting around the clock to beat back this virus. Risking their own health in the process. To so the Muslim small business owners who are the pillars of their community who have worried about how to keep their doors open. The Muslim CEOs are keeping people on the job and keeping our country running. Like Pioneer Service outside of Chicago which retooled during COVID-19 from making auto parts to manufacturing ventilators. And to the Muslims who have suffered abuse and discrimination or worse because of their faith, the color of their skin, and those working to advance social justice every single day. To all those Muslims who have served in the United States military, who have committed to do so and continue to do so today, I'll be a president who recognizes and honors your contributions. And these contributions go back, by the way, to our founding. I'll be a president who seeks out, listens to, and incorporates the ideas and concerns of Muslim Americans on everyday issues that matter most to our communities. That will include having Muslim American voices as part of my administration. If I have the honor of being president, I will end the Muslim ban on day one. Day one. I'll work with Congress to pass hate crimes legislation like the Jabbar Hire, No Hate Act, and end Racial and Religious profi- and the and the End Racial and Religious Profiling Act. I'll be focused on issues that matter to all Americans. Getting the virus under control, addressing health disparities, working to expand access to affordable, high-quality health care by protecting and building on Obamacare with a public option. And I promise you, I'll make historic investments to revitalize our economy by strengthening American manufacturing and the supply chains, and by making sure American workers have an opportunity to join a union and earn a real living wage. I like to make sure that all our children are prepared and equipped to succeed in the 21st century. An economy, by making, economy has to change and get better by making critical investments in our teachers and our schools. We're going to triple the funding for schools in low-income areas. We're not going to leave schools and child centers on their own to figure out how to keep educators and students safe during a pandemic. And we're going to restore American leadership around the world, starting by putting our democratic values and our diplomacy at the center of our foreign policy. You know, I won't be writing any love letters to dictators. And I won't fail to speak out against the abuses of human rights, including targeting for violence and prosecution of Muslim minorities around the world. I have and I'll continue to speak out for the Uyghurs and Rohingya. I'll work to close those god-awful policies. I'll work to close and close cooperation with our partners to meet the moral demands of a humanitarian crisis in Syria, Yemen, and Gaza. And I'll continue to champion the rights of Palestinians and Israelis to have a state of their own, as I have for decades, each of them a state of their own. But we're not going to be able to do any of this if we don't win in November. That's why this event and your involvement is so critical. We can't afford anyone to stay in the sidelines and sit this election out. We need you. I need you. I need you to mobilize and motivate one another to register to to make a plan for how to vote safely in November. Make it now. Talk to all your friends and families. To engage colleagues from your mosque and your community centers. To get them engaged as well. Adith from the Prophet Muhammad instructs whomever among you sees a wrong, let him change it with his hand. If he is not able, then with his tongue. If he is not able, and with his heart so many of you are living this teaching in your own communities every day joining your faith and your principles with the american principles that are consistent actions that take and make life better for your families for your neighbors through service advocacy work and preaching peace you deserve to have a president and an administration Will work with you and support you in these efforts. Not try to scapegoat your communities or advance xenophobia political agenda, xenophobic political agenda on the back of Muslim communities. And if I have the honor of being elected President of the United States, together we can work to right the wrongs and see our world and see it better with our hearts, with our hands, with our votes. So, again, Mr. Chairman, Thank you so much. Thank you so, so very much. And may peace be upon you.
4: I wish we taught more about Islam in schools. Really? So we're going to allow that in schools, but you can't talk about God, can't have prayer times, you can't stay one nation under God, we're going to change the national anthem, does this man stand for anything or just pander like a flag in the wind, Richard Grinnell took him to the fucking woodshed, Senator Joe Biden in 1973, my gut reaction is that they homosexuals are security risk, Senator Joe Biden in 2008, reporter Gwen Ifill, do you support gay marriage, Joe Biden, no, My gut reaction, Joe. He made that remark during a meeting with constituents concerning the issue of gay people working in the federal government, according to a local news article unearthed last year by the Washington Free Beacon. As the nation celebrates Pride Month, the comment from Biden's first year in the U.S. Senate and other previous remarks stand in stark contrast to more recent positions in the image that presumptive Democratic presidential nominee is now presenting concerning his gay rights record. Biden, gay people are not security risk. Joe Biden said we were. I'm grateful Trump made history with his views on gays and security clearances. Think about it. He's one of the only gay people ever been in government. But Trump's a homophobe, they say. There's no proof, but yeah. So, everything is racist so let's do a section on everything is racist.
10: what is world.com? Welcome Hootie. Everything you say is insanely racist. Every single day the racism got rages. You know who needs sensitivity training? Every single name in the yellow pages Cat, dog, feline, bitches, Kool-Aid, Michael Jackson, chicken. Sex, eggs, Eggs. kegs, legs, they're racist, tars, stars, and jars, they're racist, dog, and con, your mom, is racist, everything you see or think or say, is gay, and racist. I pledge allegiance to the fascist, United States Universities. To mute all the buzzwords that make me sad One day we'll silence them all And liberty will be flushed down the toilet Everything is racist
19: When me and Brad first met, I didn't think we'd get along, but it turns out we kind of agree on everything. Your, your racial identity, identity is the most, most important thing. thing. Everything, everything should be looked at, at through the, the lens, lens of race. race. Jinx, you owe me a coke. Damn. We both have a lot of opinions about people of color, even though we barely know any. I say colored people, but as long as we're classifying them, we both think minorities are a united group who think the same and act the same. And vote the same. You don't want to lose your black card. Sorry, I don't know, I just think we should roll, roll back, back discrimination so we can hire based on race, race again. Jinx, now you owe me a coke. Hey, tell them what you told me yesterday. White actors should only do voices for white cartoon characters. been saying that for years. Stick to your own. Us white people, we have so much privilege. I agree, it is a privilege to be white. Ask him about interracial dating. All I said is that black men who date white women have internalized racism and white men that date ethnic women are fetishizing them. Guys against interracial dating now. Like, am I being pranked? Did Boomer put you up to this? Ugh, you know that taco place is white-owned? White people should be making white foods like crap macaroni and cheese, no seasoning, not even salt. It's like he's a mind reader. I mean, I've been pushing for segregation forever and my man does what? I created an improv comedy show exclusively for ethnic people. Guy segregates comedy on my birthday! White people need to stop wearing dreadlocks and they need to stop appropriating black people's music. Shaved heads and country music, the way God intended. You know all white people are racist. I'm listening. Even if you have a black wife or a black friend group, you're still really racist. You know, we just kicked a guy out of the organization for having a black girlfriend, but if you can promise me he's still really racist, we'll consider letting him back in. Black people should but only shop at black businesses. businesses. I guess the only thing we really disagree about is I think white people are the root of all evil. But what did I tell you, though, if we can narrow that down to a certain group of tiny did white people, I think we can come to an understanding. Technically, I don't consider Jewish people white people. Neither because- do I. But we're still cool with interracial cucking, right? Yeah, as long as you pay for it. Sex work should be celebrated.
4: I want to say Matt or my sister sent me that. I can't remember, so it's either Big Sister in uh, Colorado or Matt in Oregon sent me that soundbite. And it's just fantastic. It's just fucking fantastic. God, woke versus social justice or anti-racist, I'm sorry. Um, it is, it is fucking, fucking fantastic. And I played the entire, everything is racist song. Cause I never played the whole thing on the show. I just used the beginning and goddamn, that was from 2018. We're, we're living it now. HBO show attacks white climate activists and all whites for sin. Not gonna play it. Then, the army has gone full woke. Promotion packet photos are out. Name and sex could be neck. So that way they can't say, hey, this is bias. We're not going to have your picture anymore. Then they banned all Confederate flags and are considering all flags other than the United States flag could be flied on any fucking base. In the article, rather than specifically target the Confederate flag, Esper guidance narrows down the type of flags that can be displayed, effectively blending any that reflect pride or affinity for a movement, political causes, or fandom, including Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ rights, and any number of professional college sport teams, per the memo. So I'm, I'm wrong. They banned all flags, which is smart. I mean, in the long run, that's smart. Because you don't want to say you can't have this, but you can have that, because a lot of people, to BLM, that's horrible because they're a Marxist organization. And then we find this, which is pretty fucking horrible. This is a Navy person. That is a female Navy. I could not see the rank screaming at people. That's just fucking crazy. So to other pandering, CBS partners with NAACP to develop content. response to increased incidents of arson and Catholic vandalism against churches, particularly Catholic churches across the nation, recent week, CBS has announced an innovative partnership with the NAAC, the end, the, I'm sorry, with the Catholic League to develop diverse new programs that include Catholic viewpoints and issues and give the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops a voice in the network content decision. Just kidding. CBS News won't even report on church vandalism. CBS Real announcement on the reporter to CNN.com is unfortunately far less surprising. The network has a multi-year partnership with the NAACP to create scripted, unscripted, and documentary content for linear television network and streaming platforms. Yeah, so we're going to have some more uh, black Stories like everything else that nobody's watching. Amazon even buried it. It's so deep down, it's not even funny. And then we have the NFL. Well, you couldn't put stickers for the slain officers on the Dallas Cowboys after they were killed by BLM activists. And it was just covered up by the media. It's, it's just white ring. Oh, wait, he was a black guy. Oh, it's a vet. Oh, we just didn't talk about it. NFL will let players wear helmet decals with the names of victims of systemic racism and police violence. The amount of pushback that I saw on this was incredible. I mean, if you think the second national anthem wasn't bad enough, this is, yeah, they're not happy. They're just, people are like, fuck this. And then they announced this week because of COVID, the branch COVIDians. Maybe 15,000 people will be able to be in a stadium. So now, season ticket holders are going, fuck this. Why do we even have a season ticket? Because they'll be rotational. And if you have 50-yard line seats first row, you won't be 50-yard line first row. Oh, fucking no. You're going to be spread out six feet. Then we have the Los Angeles time again. Media uncovers the systemic racism in, wait for it, classical music, opera, and improv comedy. LA Times. There is a finite room in the top ranks of LA's lead improv and sketch comedy groups, and the performers selected have long been white. Kelly Park, who used to work for the Groundlings, called the group... The Whitelings, and said she endured pain and humiliation while trying to recruit and retain BIPOC students. Mindy Robinson, I'll take reasons I stopped doing stand-up comedy and perpetually offended L.A. years ago for 500, Alex. Big Jim, woke comedy is shit. Dave Weasel, the only thing worse than improv is racism. (laughs) And then Mean Lantern, Twitter handle, No way, L.A. Times found more racist. It's almost like it's all they do. No fucking shit. And I'd iconize naked chicks in Portland. Yeah. After backlash, Smithsonian Smithsonian removes the chart breaking down whiteness and white culture, thank God. But then it was replaced by Quartz editor-in-chief bashes business journalism as too white. Catherine Bell suggests Bell's op-ed was headlined, It's time for business journalism to break with its conservative past. Not surprisingly, the readers which we reach are also too white. We need business journalism to be more progressive, moving forward and onward and advancing, ignored racial and social inequities and left people out. But that's not the wokest of the woke. Uh, This, this, my friends, surmises all of this in a perfect little nutshell. And for it, I will have heroic music. You know what? And furthermore, I truly believe this will cure racism. AP Stylebook. AP Stylebook will continue to lowercase the term white in racial, ethnic, and cultural senses. This decision follows our move last month to capitalize black in such uses. We consulted with a wide group of people internally and externally around the globe and considered a variety of commentary making these decisions. That included the shared experiences of discrimination due solely to the color of one's skin. There is, at this time, less support for capitalizing white. White people generally do not share the same history and culture or the experience of being discriminated against because of skin color. Well, we're starting to, AP. Thank you. In addition, we are a global news organization, and in much of the world there is considerable disagreement, ambiguity, and confusion about whom the term includes. Well just last week you said Arabs are white. We explain our decision process in greater detail in a blog post about how AP leadership weighed the pros and cons of capitalization. As the AP Stylebook currently directs, we will continue to avoid the broad and imprecise term Brown in racial, ethnic, or cultural references. If suing uh, of using the term is necessary as part of a direct quotation, we will continue to use the lowercase. Byron York, Associated Press, from now on, uppercase B in black people and lowercase W in white people. He had a picture. There was clear desire and reason to capitalize black. Most notably, people who are black have strong historical and cultural commonalities, commonalities, excuse me, even if they are from different parts of the world and even if they now live in different parts of the world. This includes a shared experience of discrimination due solely to the color of one's skin. There is at this time less support for capitalizing white. White people generally do not share the same histories, culture, skin color, addition, blah, blah, blah. We agree that white people's skin color plays into systemic inequalities and injustices. and We want our journalism to robustly explore those problems but capitalizing the term white, as is done by white supremacists, risks subtly conveying legitimacy to such beliefs. Some have expressed the belief that if we don't capitalize white, we are being inconsistent and discriminating against white people, or conversely, that we are implying that white is the default. We also recognize the argument that capitalizing the term could pull white people more fully into issue in discussion of race and equality. We will closely watch how usage and thought evolves and we'll periodically review our decision. They have cured racism. Allah be praised, I guess is what they're saying now, because you say can't say God. that is gonna fix it folks that was i mean did you feel the heroism in that i mean the power of that music because that's a huge decision uh militide world War whatever the fuck. you did it you cured racism people suck nope if i had to capitalize b for black i'm happy to but we'll be also capitalizing w for white you're welcome Cynthia Ford, the virtue signaling is beyond ridiculous anymore. How do you take anything serious that comes from them or anyone else when it's so wrapped up in political correctness? Miss Deplorable. I won't be be satisfied until the AP fires every white person on their staff and hires a black-only staff. Then I'll know they really mean it. They should be canceling themselves. For fuck's sake, man, what is wrong with these people? Next one, after reading this a second time, it really seems like they're saying black people are all the same so we can lump them together, but white people are diverse so we can't lump them all together. It's it's what we're doing now. Nick Cannon, a hashtag that literally was trending huge was Nick Cannon's right uh, first one, take all the time you need. Shout out a real N-word. There are no white people in the Bible. Take all the time you need with it. It's a white chick. Uh, so black people, we can all agree that the Bible took place in Africa, but accepting that our ancestors are Hebrews too much for you. Uh, Okay, so when a group of people steal another people's identity and the victim says nothing, it's okay. But when the victim speaks up saying that the other group stole their identity and the victim is wrong and the villain, blah, blah, blah. This went on and on and on. It was okay. And he got to keep his vote or his job. He was canceled from CBS, but Nick Cannon, who apologized for spreading hateful propaganda and stereotypical rhetoric about Jewish community, will remain the host of Fox's The Mass Singer. He didn't lose his job. But we're racist. Then in the media, Jamal Hill, if you vote for Donald Trump, you're a racist. You have no wiggle room. That was trending. And amplified by all sorts of people. But we got a race problem in America. You can say whites are savages if you vote for somebody you're a racist. They're not getting canceled. Nick Cannon didn't get canceled for that screed. For fuck's sake, that screed was horrible. That was fucking horrible. Then we got another super woke. This is from Jamie Cinch. She is a... Well, let me open up this thing because... the This... I never heard of it. I guess it's um, I, I guess it's a fucking uh something to do. Hold on a second. I gotta log into Twitter. I've never gone on Twitter on this computer. Okay. So her header: bipoc, J L G B T plus ally. I'm a journalist. You're welcome. She her feminist unbiased journalist editor in chief for Cinch News. So. Bipoc, bipoc, uh, bipoc. What does it mean? Come from acronym which stands for Black Indigenous and People of Color. Even though she doesn't look like a person of color, I'm gonna. I'll put this in the next show. We're gonna do this. Where did bipoc come from? Um, and then I, I kept seeing this this week. J L G B T. J L G B T meaning cause that's new. I've never heard of it. Uh, J L G B T stand for, uh, I can't even find it. Ally ter- Oh, it's an ally. I guess. Let's see, LGBT ally. Okay, uh, let me try it again. What does J L G B T mean? LGBT. I can't find it. It's all over the place now. People are saying J L G B T, and I can't figure out what the J means. But anyway, I I just went in a rabbit hole for no reason. So she's in charge of this cinch news. And from what I could tell, it's like a computer magazine. And this came out. It was viral. This is how far we got. Okay, we've gone past the canceling. and Jemima's gone. I mean, fuck, we've, we've done all this shit. Now they're into the next level. Branch Davidian. We're going to call it Branch uh, uh, Covidian. So it's another good one. Uh, whatever. Cult. They're a fucking cult. This is her tweet. Dear game companies, our group of expert-approved journalists, Unbiased Kate, she works there, Inclusive Gamer, TT Transgenderism, and JK Journalists have produced a list of demands that must be met. Feminism, hashtag journalism. Now, remember, we did this a long time ago, those that are with the show. We covered uh, a list of demands from... uh, Arizona, University of Arizona, they got got us hooked up from uh, a buddy of mine that I worked with, Tom in Tucson, and it was some crazy shit, that was like four years ago, that pales in comparison to this crazy shit. Our demands to the gaming industry, if it wishes to continue, if you wish to have a business, you must do what we say, fascists must, much M-rated age is now 25 plus. Stop making and using guns for gamers. Background checks on M-rated games. Did you hear that? Background checks. What is it, a gun? Mandatory franchise diversity for POC women and JLGBT+. Games must be given green light by an approved journalist before being published. An approved journalist. Um. Ban players from all online games if they have been banned for any social media platform for hate speech. Discounted games for POC and J L G B T plus. Free DLC for POC and J L G B T plus. POC and GLBT plus granted ability to ban racist bigots from server. Together we can make games inclusive. That's some fascist fucking shit. Just fascist. JLBT plus. Man, where is she getting this shit? Because I just can't find it anyway. JLGBT+. Well, I rabbit-holed again, and I cannot find out what JLGBT. DLC means downloadable content. So, yeah. So that's how far they're going to go. Now they're going after the gaming industry. So what they've done is they've taken the gun laws that they want to impose and they just mirrored them in the gaming community. You gotta have a background check to play a fucking first person shooter game. Uh, You can have red flag law. I can ban anybody because I don't like you. Jesus fucking Christ, you people are out of goddamn control. So now we're not going to capitalize W and White, and we're going to have gaming industries have to fucking go to the social justice warrior fucking critical response team to make a game. Yeah, we'll get right on that. So we're going to go into soundbite of the day. I don't have the bumper, unfortunately. I will next podcast because I have... uh, I have the ability to uh, suck it off. I'm getting a, I am getting keep saying it. Matt and Oregon got me. To, to transfer my files. That sounds better than suck it off. Um, from my old computer to this one. Uh, it was viral this week. And it was hilarious. Kids are dressing up as old people. To do uh, beer runs. Which is great. And then a lady was trying to get... They were trying to arrest this lady in New York. And she had black paint... And she was being criticized by the Cuomo, uh, Don Lemon jerk off in between shows because she was doing this. But I'm starting to hear this. Instead of defund the police, refund the police. And damn it, that's some good shit. Enjoy. <laughs>
17: Everything proper, no propaganda. I can count a gold yard bandana. Big sack a lot of hoes like Santa. Do a birthday party and a phantom. Big shit like a dinosaur. They do it for black people, right? Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. What you want to defund the police for black people. You're lying.
10: No, we're not standing with Black Lives Matter. We want our police. Refund our police. Refund our police. Y'all don't care about black lives. Get the pain. Y'all don't care about black lives. Refund the police. Refund the police. They say black lives matter. They say black lives matter, right? They say black lives matter. Oh, they don't care about black lives. They don't care about black lives. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. They
4: don't care. Refund the police. Refund the police. Okay, I'm back. I got to take a break there. Um. Dish came, we got our hopper replaced, and at least he got all my programs in there, which is pretty cool, but I still had to set everything else up, but house back in order, so pretty funny stuff, I think the refund the police is going to become a battle cry, whoever that lady is, you just started something, it's going to keep going. We're going to go into our This Is American and a couple other stories that I picked up while I was upstairs, um, I actually don't even remember what the soundbite is. But it sounded a little something like this.
17: This is America.
10: Don't catch you slipping, though. No. Don't catch you slipping, though. No. Look what I'm whipping, up. No. This is America. Don't catch your slipping, though. No. Don't catch you slipping, though. No. It's time for the last sound bite. Like the media say when they are pushing fake,
17: liberal, crazy stories. And
11: this is America in 2019.
18: Normally, the last thing I would ever do is talk to you about QAnon. It's a nonsense conspiracy theory, and trying to track its web of lies will only make you dumber. But these are not normal times. According to Axios, there are 11 GOP nominees who support or defend this bogus claptrap. GOP Oregon Senate nominee Joe Ray Perkins, Colorado congressional nominee Lauren Boebert, and Georgia's Marjorie Taylor Greene. So And although he hasn't spoken directly about QAnon, the president has fanned the flames, repeatedly retweeting QAnon supporting accounts, memes, and hashtags. The Trump campaign even included QAnon signs in an ad, which was later taken down. This month, Business Insider published data showing the Trump campaign relies on a huge network of QAnon accounts to spread conspiracy theories and disinformation. Now, Republicans may look at these likely nominees expressing support for QAnon and try to convince themselves they're outliers. After all, in 2018, the GOP found itself with strange bedfellows on their ballot as well. Fox News describing Illinois GOP congressional nominee Arthur Jones as, quote, one of several Nazis, Holocaust deniers, or white supremacists who've elbowed their way onto the GOP ballot for November's midterm elections. But Republicans need to ask themselves just why so many unhinged extremist candidates feel comfortable clustering under the GOP banner. In the case of QAnon and the current congressional candidates embracing its conspiracy theories, The answer lies at the top of the ticket. President Donald Trump.
4: The fucking projection on the left is amazing. Yeah, QAnon's the problem. Because they're in the street beating and looting. Sure. Here's some other stuff that didn't make your big-time news networks. Three weeks after primary, New York officials still can't say who won key races. Because it's literally lost in the mail. They didn't mail in across the board. It's all fucked up. Other things. Oriental dude. Former Facebook worker deplatformed after slamming PC culture. Yeah. Uh see, big tech. His recent videos, his name is Patrick Shiyu. Well known for his down earth earth YouTube channel with 720,000 subscribers. His later, I got banned for Facebook as a millionaire. He went so far as speculating that Facebook may be trying to swing the election. Shiyu scorched the platform of video, providing no explanation, no customer support, not much of an appeal process. And let's click that shit. Because I didn't see that it actually had a soundbite, as so I should have done it. Uh, I will play this. Well, uh, I gotta wait for a stupid ad. Hold on a second. We're a little more informal now that we have this new setup and I'm figuring out how to use this goddamn... There's so much difference between this com- computer and the other one and rights and I-, I gotta... I gotta work some shit out. So this is a long one. What I'll do is I will... Uh, I'm going to save this for next podcast. Let's do that. Um, I don't know why it's opening over there either. Go fucking figure. See, everything's just fucking dinky dal. Um So that'll be something I'll look up next podcast and I'll get it straight up. Then we have this one. Jake Tapper, testing for me but not for thee. Maggie Haberman, press secretary, just said POTUS is tested for COVID multiple times a day. And then Jake Tapper criticizes, criticizes him for it. But do you remember back when they were criticizing that he wasn't getting tests? You see the idiocy? These people are fucking horrible. Quick hits over 50% of Americans are against ripping down statues. This article is from today or yesterday. More than 50% of Americans oppose uh, removing public statues dedicated to Confederate generals, according to Washington Post. Oh, my God! That's a liberal poll. Poll shows 80% of Republicans, 56% of independents, oppose removing such monuments, while 74% of Democrats support ridding the country of statues. Nearly 60% of white people oppose the removal. Three-quarter of blacks support removing. Only three quarters. You see where I'm going with this? The poll conducted July 12th to 15 among 1,006 adults, totally left-leaning, found stiffer opposition removing statues honoring former U.S. presidents and slave Africans, with 68% of Americans posing. Only 25% of the people uh, who did it supported it. So when you break that down once again, folks, that's a lib poll. It's a lib poll. That's not a conservative poll. The last, the one that was more upright was eighteen percent of the country. So there's your sway. Seven more points to the left. That's how we read that poll, boys and girls. Then we have Cherry Jacobs. All right. In response to Matt Lewis writing about it would be a mistake to purge all Republican lawmakers from the party if Trump loses in November, Cherry Jacobs entered with "Make them flee." Uh, let's read it. Purge them from the country. Make them flee to the jungles of Argentina like the Nazis did after World War II. Here's a Republican she's calling Nazis to carry away. uh, From Lewis. It is against this backdrop that the Lincoln Project dropped a nuclear bomb in the form of an ad targeting Republican Senators McConnell, Graham, Gardner, Collins, McSally, and Tillis. Just to name a few. But... Yeah, we need to make them flee like Nazis, because in their minds, they they are. Trump hated make hatred makes you sound like an insane person. Someone says, and that's pretty true. Then we got some more stuff that came uh, out 10:30 this morning about Portland. There was another night of confrontation between personnel from the Department of Homeland Security rioters downtown Portland last night. Groups attending to break into the federal courthouse, lighted fire, vandalized property downtown. Come out. People are screaming, barricades, barricade the front door, stay together, stay tight. Federal officers disperse protesters using tear gas, flashbangs, and batons. Some feds are carrying assault, assault, carrying assault, which well, I guess they're in rifles, while doing crowd control. Federal officers dispersed protesters and cleared the front door. Federal officers pushed back moms and helmets using batons and tear gas, assault rifles being carried for crowd control. They pushed them back because they were kicking the building. But, of course, he left that out. Uh, let's see where they... A phalanx of umbrellas and homemade shields from Caldwell Federal. Protesters moved forward a federal officers' retreat. Xavier Warner dancing to, We got the guillotine. You better run. Let's, let's hear that. That's the music they're playing, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's nice. That's 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 really nice. You you people are fucking horrible human beings. And then when I went for music that I was gonna play, and I was up in the air on on or not music, but the this is America soundbite Avanti there from CNN saying that the rights full of extremists I thought was just too good to let go. Here's the other one, and I got to play it, even though this is supposed to be the last soundbite. NBC, and remember, remember how many people died in New York? Remember how many fucking people fled and infected the rest of the country? These are things that we know in the New York Times even printed. But on NBC they let Cuomo come on and, well, do this. As New York City entered a new phase of reopening today, Governor Andrew Cuomo headed south on a mission, he says, to prevent the virus from returning to the Northeast. He spoke one-on-one
1: with NBC's Gabe Gutierrez. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is still on the move, even though most of his state is no longer at a standstill. Why
4: head down to Georgia today? Uh, Georgia has a real problem.
1: We rode with the governor on a chartered flight down to Savannah, Georgia, among the many states now battling a dramatic surge.
5: And it's so unnecessary in a way, right, because we, we knew what we
4: needed to
1: do. Today, Cuomo met with Savannah's Democratic mayor, who's been sharply critical of Georgia's Republican governor, who's refused to mandate masks. Healthcare professionals
14: say this can save lives. Uh, healthcare researchers say if we had a national mask policy, we would save 40,000 lives.
1: Back in April, New York State saw more than 800 COVID deaths a day. Today, that number is down to eight. Months ago, thousands of volunteers rushed to New York to help fight the virus. Now, the state has sent PPE, medication, test kits, and contact tracers to new hotspots in Georgia, Florida, and Texas. Cuomo dismisses the Trump administration's insistence that more cases are simply Due to more testing.
5: This president has refused to accept reality. He is still in denial about the COVID virus.
4: There is zero interse- inter- int- intellectual honesty on the left. There's zero. And our media is just utter garbage. Because our last little hit before we close this puppy out, New York Times Metro, not New York Times, not opinion, not politics, even though these motherfuckers own the Democrats, Planned Parenthood of Greater New York will remove the name of Margaret Sanger, a founder of the national organization, from its Manhattan Health Clinic because of her harmful connection to the eugenics movement, the group said Tuesday. Note, the New York Times still describes Sanger as a feminist icon and reproductive rights pioneer. The Times reports, but her legacy also includes supporting eugenics, a discredited belief in improving the human race through selective breeding, often targeting at poor people, those with disabilities, immigrants, and people of color. The removal of the Margaret Sanger name from our building is both a necessary and overdue step to reckon with her legacy and acknowledge PPA contrib- contributions to historical reproductive harm within communities of color, Karen Seltzer, the chair of New York-affiliated boards, in a statement. The group is also taking a city leaders about replacing Margaret Sanger's name on the street sign that has hung near its office on Beckner Street for more than two decades. Sean Davis. This is like removing Hitler's name from a concentration camp while still continuing the genocide within its walls. That is fucking fair game. You guys call everybody Nazis. Stephen L. Miller, we're going to remove her name from our buildings, but keep up her practices. Kimberly Lee, removing Sanger's name won't erase the fact that PPFA still practices eugenics. A real media would have reported that. They would have said, hey... PPFA targets people of color. Anybody with a fucking brain knows it. They target black babies. They kill a shit ton of black babies. And it's wrong. I just saw you heard me slurp, sorry. Then Mike's position's much closer, so i I got to watch my spitting of my chew and drinking. But a real media would talk about it. BLM would talk about it. But they don't because this isn't about blacks. This isn't about POC. This isn't about gays. This is about power. I'm going to start the next show on Tucker Carlson last night. Two great segments. Didn't want to play it today. But the power grab they're about to do on you, once again, Scary. And you need to pay attention to it. You may not want to vote for Trump, but you got to make sure the Senate and the House becomes Republican. Or we're fucked. We're just universally fucked. And on that, this wraps up another episode of Flavor Politics Podcast. Please feel free to share with your family and friends. Send comments to F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. FOP. Podcast, gmail.com. Get the show on SoundCloud, PocketStatic, Static, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Down, and PocketCast. Remember to check out the Twitter page at FOP Tony Reed. We're going to go with our next podcast being... Da, 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 today is Wednesday. Let's go for Sunday, 26 July, year of our Lord, 2020. Until then, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yeah. Spend some time with your family. Stay cool if you're in the South. It's just oppressively hot. And make sure you keep your head on a fucking swivel. Tomorrow, I will go get the application. It was already filled out. I got to go down to the DMV, camp out at 7 in the morning, and uh, do the first steps. They'll do my background check. And within about a month, I'll have my concealed carry. So if you haven't thought about that, you probably should. Because if we're going to defund, you are the sheriff now. So you need to make sure you and your family are safe. As always, thank you for listening, and take care.